Good evening and welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. This show is written, produced, and broadcasting live from Huchin, occupied Ohlone Territory, also known to settlers as the Bay Area. This past May, Oakland's Eastside Arts Alliance held the 18th annual Malcolm X Jazz Arts Festival in San Antonio Park. And KPFA's First Voice apprentices were there, too. We brought back interviews, sights, and, of course, the sounds of our community. On tonight's show, we will hear interviews we collected, including Eastside Arts Alliance, East Oakland Black Cultural Zone. We will also hear from Brother Malcolm himself from the Pacifica Radio Archives audio collection. And what would a show from a jazz festival be without some live music? All that tonight on Full Circle. I'm your host this evening, Stevie G. Keep it locked, and as ever, with love for the people. There was police brutality, and there was atrocity, and the, the, the press was just as atrocious as the police because they uh, helped the police to cover it up by uh, propagating a false image across the country that there was a blazing gun battle in, which involved Muslims and, and police shooting at each other. And everyone who knows Muslims know that Muslims don't even carry fingernail file, much less carry guns. So that the blazing gun battle that the Los Angeles papers were writing about actually consisted of uh, policemen's guns who were blazing away at unarmed uh, uh, Negroes, so-called Negroes, and whom they murdered and shot down in cold blood. Good evening, everyone, and again, welcome to Full Circle on 94.1 FM, KPFA in Berkeley, and KPFA.org. That iconic voice you just heard was that of the one and only Malcolm X, also known as El-Haj Malik El-Shabazz. That was an audio recording from the Pacifica Radio Archive Collection. In that clip, Malcolm was speaking about an attack on black Muslims at a mosque in Los Angeles in April 1962. The clip is from an interview with Dick Elman of our sister station, WBAI, in New York. The Pacifica Radio Archives have been featured prominently here on KPFA and your own Full Circle 7 p.m. Friday show from First Voice Media. We want to express our appreciation and admiration to the Eastside Arts Alliance and Cultural Center. This organization presents free youth art classes, cultural programming, public art projects, ongoing exhibitions, community town halls, and as we will see tonight, the annual Malcolm X Jazz Arts Festival, which honors El-Haj Malik El-Shabazz's legacy of all ethnicities working together. They work with numerous organizations and community groups to, to present a large array of events every year. So a big shout out to the Eastside Arts Alliance. We thank you. 
And speaking of thank yous, we want to send out a big thank you to all those who have donated during this summer fun drive, especially donations during the hour of First Circle last week. During this show, the Full Circle Hour, those, des- those donations in particular say you all support the work that comes from the students in this apprenticeship program called First Voice. And just a reminder that the on-air call for donations with the fund drive has wrapped up. But we want to encourage you to keep the regular donations coming online at kpfa.org. If you thought you missed your chance to get a particular book or DVD, you didn't. Most items, including all the KPFA swag, are still available on the website. Just take a look at kpfa.org and click on that donate button, and you can still be part of the summer fun drive. So, let's get on with it. As we mentioned at the top of the show, we, the KPFA First Voice Apprenticeship Crew, struck out last May to the 18th annual Malcolm X Jazz Art Festival in Oakland. The event is held each year at San Antonio Park on or near on or near Malcolm X's birthday of May 19th. The festival is a free, all-day, family-friendly event that celebrates jazz, the black musical tradition. It is also the time to hold up the legacy of Malcolm X, El Haj Malik El Shabazz, an example of an ever-evolving man who was in search of self-determination, self-defense, and the self-respect of black and oppressed people in the United States and around the world. Each year, the event features local artists and musicians, including vendors and food. And for the past six years or so, First Voice Apprentices have been collecting interviews and music to share with you, our listeners. So let's kick it off tonight with our first interview. As we all know, things have been changing in Oakland the past couple of decades. Areas that were once owned by black families and businesses have been gentrified. Families that have populated neighborhoods for multiple generations have been forced out by leadership challenges and a hyperinflated housing market. Just look up real estate prices in the Bay Area and compare them with real estate anywhere in the world. It costs to stay in this place. It costs to be a part of our community. We just do not want it to cost us our cultural soul. But what can local residents do to keep their roots firm in the areas where they grew up? A coalition of community organizations based at Eastside Arts Alliance have a few options. One partnership wants to create a black cultural zone. Hey, this is Stevie G here at KPFA, and I'm here with Mr. John Jones III. All right, all right, sir. How are you doing today? I'm blessed. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's a beautiful day here at Malcolm X uh, with the Malcolm X celebration and the jazz celebration of his birthday. And uh, it's been some fantastic uh, events going on today and seeing what's happening. And I'd like to kind of get into... I'm sorry. Go and uh, Ali Desperado, Ephraim Colbert is here as well. <laughs> I know. I started to cut you out of this, bro. I apologize for that. <laughs> so you do wonderful work in the community of Oakland. Can you let our audience know a little bit about what you're working on? Uh, yes. Uh, I'm blessed to be able to give back to this community. Uh, right now, I'm working as the community and political engagement director for the East Oakland Black Cultural Zone. And that consists of a number of things. 
First of all, we know that we can't build ourselves out of this housing crisis, so we need to center anti-displacement efforts. That means keeping black residents and tenants in their homes. The second thing is we also want to preserve black businesses. We know that the BRT is conducting construction along the international corridor, and there was a certain pot of money set to the side to help the merchants. So we want to make sure that the store owners also know about that. And the last thing, which relates to why we're here today, the Malcolm X Jazz Festival, we really need to preserve our rich cultural legacy. Oakland is known globally for its culture, and that also is at risk of being lost to displacement. Yeah, I had no idea about some of the information that you had just shared with us today, uh, such as like the money that is set aside for business owners. For our listeners that are out there that are living in different parts of the Bay Area, um, do you have any advice on how they could give back to the community of Oakland? Oh, yes. Well, one thing about Oakland is there are so many organizations out here. But uh, you can go to uh, blackculturezone.org. You can look us up on the Internet. Uh, You can also go to eastsidealliance.org. Look them up. There's a ton of information and resources out there. But this is the most important thing, and this is why the Black Cultural Zone is such a wonderful project to be a part of. We believe in empowering everyday folks. I always share with people, you don't have to be the next Dr. King or the next Rosa Parks to affect change in the world. You just have to be yourself with a willingness to do something, to give back. But yes, uh, please, like I say, look us up on blackculturezone.org. Absolutely. Um, so I do have a couple questions for you, and maybe uh, you can lead our um, listeners in the right direction. So we do have a lot of uh, voting that is coming up, and it does seem like what you're doing also leads to some type of policy work. Are there any things that you would suggest that they pay attention to as they're preparing to vote so that they can support your cause? Yes, absolutely. In fact, it's very important that people register to vote. That's first and foremost. Make sure people are registered. The second thing is finding out where your precinct is. And even if you don't know where your precinct is, we strongly encourage people to vote by mail. The reason why this is so important is because we've seen elections lost and won by a few votes. Oftentimes, people believe they vote don't have power. But it's the reason why our ancestors were hung and, and killed for that, because it does represent power. So this year in Oakland, Alameda County, there's a number of important things that's going on. We have the district attorney race. Uh, our current district attorney, Nancy O'Malley, she's being challenged by Pamela Price. Uh, the district attorney is a very powerful position here in our county. Uh, as the public safety agent, they're also responsible for deciding who gets charged and what they get charged with. So we know incarceration definitely has a racialized aspect to it. So for people, black and brown, people of color, it's very important to, to make sure you know who your district attorney is. And then later on in November, of course, there would be a vote for the mayor. So if you've been in Oakland the last three, four years, if you're happy with the way things have been, then you know how to vote. If you have been living under a rock and not sure how things have been going, then maybe you should talk to a friend or a neighbor. Excellent, excellent. And again, how did you get involved with this? Give us a little bit of background about yourself. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm third generation East Oakland resident, mm-hmm. proud father of three sons, fourth generation. Uh, long story short, I'm formerly incarcerated. And I always look at myself as a what-if story, meaning I was the kid that was reading by age four, skipped from the first to the third, by sixth grade, won every academic achievement. But I came of age in Oakland during the height of the crack cocaine epidemic, where my community, where I grew up at in, was known as the killing field. There was no resources. We wasn't being invested in. So like many other young youth of that age, I turned to the streets. So when I came home five years ago, I was committed to turning myself around. But for the first 18 months, I was unemployed, and I was home. Homeless. 
keep in mind, I'm a licensed, I'm a licensed aircraft mechanic. Wow. But I found out they have all these rules. If you're formerly incarcerated, for example, in California, there were 6,000 restrictions. Mm-hmm. And I, so I asked myself, why are we punishing people who want to do good? We tell people, live a good life. Don't, don't do crime. But if you can't find a job, what else would you do? So I got involved through advocacy, and I was blessed to be a part of so many great wins. But ultimately, for me, it's, it's about my children. I want them to have a better life. And not just my children. I want everybody to have a better life. And I'll end on this one note. This is the one thing as a formerly incarcerated person I push for. We have both a moral obligation and a civic duty to give back to our community. We understand the pain more than anybody else. We, we have a saying, those who are closest to the problems are closest to the solution. So some of the work I do, I work with, quote-unquote, at-risk youth and young adults. And I don't come with a pie-in-the-sky approach because I understand the reality of the condition that they're dealing with. So what I do is I try to, in addition to providing alternatives, also encourage them, inspire them to think of other ways to be creative, to be innovative, to reach their goals. You don't have to be limited to one way of trying to get some money if you want some shoes, for example. It's not about telling them what to do but about telling them how, well, not even telling them, but inspiring them to believe that they have the answers to everything that they seek. Great, thank you. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, that's super. Is there an address or a place to go to drop by? Yes, that's the 2289 International Boulevard. Okay. Yeah, that's the East Side Arts Alliance. I'm working on that office right now. Because the Black Culture Zone is, the East Oakland Black Culture Zone is more of an idea right now. And we're working to bring that into fruition. And, and what that means is there's been efforts for the last several years to purchase property. See, right now, Oakland is ground zero for displacement because outside developers are coming in and they're scooping up on parcels of land. The city of Oakland, meaning the people own public land, but the city has been selling it at market rate to outside developers at a time when we got people, human beings living unsheltered in our city. And to be clear, nearly three-fourths of the people who are unsheltered in Oakland are black people. The solution cannot be building tiny little homes for them. That's, a, that's one step. But what I'm saying is that for a city that owns land, for a school district, OUSD, who's the second largest holder of public land, we need to really prioritize building homes for people. So we want to inspire people in the community to pool their resources together and purchase smaller plots of land. The research has already been done. We've already mapped out all the public land in Oakland. And for me, when we talk about a neighborhood, the reason why we call the inner city where many black people live the hood, we're missing the neighbor aspect. You can live in an apartment building for five, ten years, and you don't even know the name of your neighbor. We live in fear. Large sectors of East Oakland look like people are incarcerated in their homes. They're they're incarcerated behind locked gates. They have dogs, et cetera, et cetera. So part of the idea of a black cultural zone is what we're seeing today at the Malcolm X Jazz Festival, to bring people out in the open where they can congregate, where they can socialize. And right now you feel nothing but peace and love. There's no police here. We don't need police to feel safe. We don't need to put nobody in prison to feel safe. All we need is love, culture, music, food, and each other. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. We really appreciate your time and, and spending some time with us and, and, and really allowing us to get to know about the organization and what's happening in the connection here to the uh, Malcolm X Celebration, the Jazz Festival. So this is fantastic. John, sir, thank yeah, you. And thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with our listeners. Really appreciate it. No problem. If I can just leave the listeners with one last thought. Please do. Please. Uh, on the importance of an East Oakland Black Cultural Zone, I want to make two quick points. When we say black, people think of that by, by race, right? Of course, we mean black people, but we've got to 
understand. Black culture benefits everybody. Nothing black people introduce. Let me be clear. The only thing, the only purely American invention is music. Jazz, blues, R&B, rock and roll, hip-hop. Black people invented that. But the whole world celebrates it. So when we talk about black culture, this isn't just for black people. This is for everybody. The second thing about East Oakland, why we're centering East Oakland, we feel like East Oakland is the last battlefield for displacement. We've seen what happened in North Oakland. We are witnessing what is happening currently in West Oakland. East Oakland is the last spot left for black and brown people. And I want to leave y'all with four names. This is why I love East Oakland. I'm going to give you four names. Bruce Lee, Cesar Chavez, Tom Hanks, Too Short. You might say, what's the connection between these four? Neither one of these men were born in East Oakland, but they moved to East Oakland, and it's something in this air, this soil, this water that helped them be the best at what they do. Right. That's what East Oakland's about. All right. All right. Well, thanks, brother. You got thanks it. Thanks so much, Good man. words, man, for sure, for sure. Appreciate you. Right on. Peace and blessings. All right. <laughs> Welcome back. You're listening to Full Circle on KPFA 94.1 FM. Tonight, we're featuring sounds from the 18th Annual Malcolm X Jazz Arts Festival. The festival is held each year and continues in Oakland's San Antonio Park in East Oakland. That that voice you were just hearing was John Jones of East Oakland Black Cultural Zone, an organization just taking form that intends to keep black families and businesses in Oakland. We want to let you all know that we will have links to all the organizations we feature tonight on our website, kpfaapprentice.org. We also want to encourage you to follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at First Voice. Let's let's get into the next interview. Art has always been a big part of the Oakland landscape, with beautiful murals scattered all over the town. Performance is another strong area. Next, we speak with Jose Navarrete, coordinator of the Eastside Arts Live Arts and Residence Program. He mentions the, the, the significance of the festival and talks about some of his program activities. This is our major event. Nice. This has been, uh, this is the 18th year. Mm-hmm. And we come to celebrate Michael Meg's birthday as well as our community here in East Oakland, in deep East Oakland. So that's what we're all about. And um, also culture for us is a, a, a power of resistance. So we do that through food, through poetry, through art uh, making, through, you know, jazz. So, so all these art expressions that are in our community. So what about the age range of uh, who you bring in? Is it all ages? Is it it's all a multi, multi-generational. We are, we are, you know, activities for everybody. So from kids, from children to adults. Jose, for our audience, can you expand a little bit about the live performances that you do? Yeah, live arts in resistance. Yeah. So we are in in East Oakland, which is on 23rd and International. So we are kind of the last frontiers of a cultural center in East Oakland. And we cultivate and we support these local artists to do, you know, like that, that they are interested in, in in contemporary art to address social issues or community issues. So that's what we are all about. So we are emphatically supporting people of color. We have our Latino community, our black community, our East Asian community. 
we are kind of the unifying of these cultures, especially right here in East Oakland. Yeah. Excellent. And how did you get involved? Well, I am a performer myself, so I have been doing work for the last maybe 30 years. So I start, I have a deep uh, trajectory um, movement and performing arts. And um, that's what I am really trying to expand myself to figure out other ways to not only take center, but allow other people, other my, my family, my community, my allies to take the center with me. So I am now I am working like kind of backstage to create that that opportunity and that attention to to those communities and those people. Yeah. Can you give us an example of one of the topics you might cover? Well, I curate the the lineup of the, the performances here. So what you saw, what you are experiencing, we present uh, the Girl Project, which is a, a very important project for, for young girls to come to East Oakland, to especially to East Side, to learn about self-determination and, and self-empowerment. And so that's why they come in and, and I kind of the hook for them is like, we're going to do dance, we're going to do theater, we're going to do poetry. But at the same time, you know, we are going to do self-defense um, classes. We are going to talk about the history of slavery in America. So it's like, it's very well comprehensive. Also, you are going to see Dana Fitchett. She's uh, an amazing choreographer. She, she has been around here for almost five years. And she's interesting to contemplate the idea of safe space for female black bodies. So she's bringing a lot of amazing performers from East Oakland. So it's going to be really, really, really great. That's great. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience? Yes. Also, come to our cultural center. So we have uh, an amazing lineup for the fall. We are going to work with Prison Renaissance, which is a poetry theater group inside the prison in San Quentin so they are coming they are going to lead us by calling them they are going to tell us what to do so we are going to have panel discussions about you know what is really happening in our communities dealing with the jails also we are going to do we are going to do the first time uh, we are producing Eastside is producing a mini festival for queer people of color and um, another project that is going to happen in October is MUA, Mujeres Unidas y Activas, an amazing group of Latina women um, advocating for, for labor rights, woman rights, and uh, human rights. And they are here in Oakland, and they are going to be working with Violeta Luna. She's an amazing performer, and they are going to do an um, installation performance at Eastside in the Cultural Center. So that's going to be happening in October 5th and 6th. So how will we reach you? Give us a telephone number. Give us a website. How do we reach you? So you can Google us at uh, Eastside Arts Alliance, or you can go directly to our website, www.eastsidearsalliance.org. All the information will be there. Excellent. Jose, thank you so yeah, much. You, really Jose. appreciate it. This is fantastic. Okay. Thank you so much, you guys, for doing All this. All right. Okay. Have a good one. Okay. Welcome back to Full Circle on 94.1 FM KPFA. You just heard from Ephraim Colbert, Audio Desperado, and myself, Stevie G, with Jose Navarrete. We spoke he, he spoke eloquently on cultural engagement with the grassroots people of Oakland. And this is representative of the dry long so, an African-American term that means the ordinary folk, and what we can all bring to our community. If we only have the courage to express ourselves without apology as Brother Malcolm exemplified. So let's get into some more sounds. 
just speaking so informally tonight but i frankly think it's always better to be informal as far as i'm concerned i can speak to people better in an informal way than i can with all of this stiff formality that ends up meaning nothing plus when people are informal they're relaxed when they're relaxed the mind is more open and they can weigh things more objectively and whenever you and i are discussing our problems we need to be very objective, very cool, calm, collected, but that doesn't mean we should always be. Uh, there's a time to be cool and a time to be hot. Also, I'm very pleased to see so many who have come out to always uh, see for yourself, where you can hear for yourself and then think for yourself. Then you'll be in a better position to make an intelligent judgment for yourself. But if you form the habit of listening to what others say, about something or someone or reading what someone else has written about someone somebody can uh, confuse you and misuse you so as afro-americans or black people here in the western hemisphere you and i have to learn to weigh things for ourselves no matter what the man says you better look into it so that uh, once you realize that uh, I believe in the supreme being who created the universe and believe in him as being one. I also have been taught in Islam that 
that one God who only has one religion, and that religion is called Islam, and all of the prophets who came forth taught that religion. Abraham, Moses, Jesus, Muhammad, all of them. And uh, by believing in one God and one religion and all of the prophets, it creates unity. If there's no room for argument, uh, no need for us to be arguing with each other. But the real religion of Islam doesn't teach anyone to judge another human being by the color of his skin. The yardstick that is used by the Muslim to uh, measure another man is not the man's color, but the man's deeds, the man's conscious behavior, the man's intentions. And when you use that as a standard of measurement or judgment, you never go wrong. But when you just judge a man because of the color of his skin, then you're committing a crime, because that's the worst kind of judgment. But the black man can't hide. When they start indicting us because of our color, that means we're indicted before we're born, which is the worst kind of crime that can be committed. And the, uh, the Muslim religion has eliminated all tendencies to judge a man according to the color of his skin, but rather the judgment is based upon his deeds. You're listening to Full Circle on 94.1 FM KPFA. Thanks for tuning in tonight to this Pacifica radio station. You were just listening to DJ Abel D. Liven Up the Day. That was music recorded live at the 2018 Malcolm X Jazz Arts Festival. And then, of course, the voice you heard was that of Malcolm X, El Haj, Malik El Shabazz himself. And you are able to make a donation to the, uh, or excuse me, if you're able to make a donation to the station, that recording is, act- is, is actually from the Pacifica Radio Archive Collection and is available online at kpfa.org. Again, thank you all to those that donated during this summer fund drive. It just wrapped up with the past 6 o'clock news hour, but we still want to encourage folks who can donate to please go to kpfa.org, check out all the thank you gifts there, even the KPFA swag like socks, hats, shirts, and hoodies, even water bottles and tote bags. Many thanks to everyone. Tonight, we honor Malcolm X, El Haj Malik El Shabazz through community organizations and community radio. Now let's make mention of the man. Malcolm X, El Haj Malik El Shabazz was born in Omaha, Nebraska on May 19, 1925. Malcolm's story has always stood out to me as an African-American. Uh, as a young black boy in my teenage years, reading the autobiography of Malcolm X by uh, Malcolm and Alex Haley, it was awe-inspiring. It spoke to questions we all have as human beings, faults, failures, and triumphs, yet also informed us of being black in America during tumultuous times and how our struggle for equality and human dignity continues. Each and every generation of all the people have a responsibility to challenge injustice everywhere. I never argue what's fair or not. Life is not fair. But where we observe overt vitriol from leadership and normalize it, we have a serious problem. When it comes to some of the injustices we have seen along the borders today, where families were strategically separated, including infants, that should be a clarion call to one and all that seeking justice is the right of every human being. It was the collective National Community Court that weighed in on that insane policy of family separation to be withdrawn, at least at some level. 
But that is not enough. Malcolm X, El Haj Malik El Shabazz understood that all too well. And we lost that icon of humanity on February 21st, 1965 through hatred. And if we are not careful and take a nonchalant approach to leadership that lies across this nation and across this planet, lie after lie, if we refrain from engaging in healthy outcomes, we will have missed the lessons from Malcolm's evolution throughout his own life. We can do better. We owe it to the past, the current, and future generations of humanity. So let's continue to honor Malcolm X through our service to the listeners. Up next, talking about future generations, Youth Speak. Youth Speaks is an organization that works with young people in the art of spoken word. Hey, this is Stevie G here at KPFA 94.1 FM, and we're down here at the San Antonio Park enjoying the Malcolm X Jazz Festival, celebrating again the birthday of Malcolm X, May 19th. Yes. And this is Stevie G and, and Laura Chagaray. All right, all right. And we have with us uh, Janae Johnson from Youth Speaks. Youth Speaks. Yes. Janae Johnson. All right, all right. Well, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. So tell me, what brought you down here today, Youth Speaks? Yeah, so Youth Speaks is a literary arts organization in the Bay Area, uh, primarily working with uh, youth voice, so hip-hop and uh, spoken word or poetry and just any way to express themselves for youth. So we work with mostly ages 13 through 19. Um, This is probably my second or third time at the Malcolm X Jazz Festival. Uh, It's always a great time, and we try to make make sure that we're... um, spreading the word about our organization as well as connecting with other organizations with similar missions and values. Excellent. So how long has Youth Speaks been around? Youth Speaks has been around for uh, about 22 years now. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, one of the oldest uh, youth poetry organizations in the world. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So how would uh, a youth get involved with Youth Speaks? I I think I have some skills. My child has some skills. How do I find you? For sure. I think we have a lot of different entry points and programming. So we do a lot of in-school residencies. So we come to specific schools in Oakland and San Francisco um, and some in Richmond as well. Um, We also have open mics that are every second and final Friday. Um, so if you are a youth and, and just say, hey, I want to do a song or, hey, I want to do a poem, then you can come to our open mics. They're all free. Um, we also have very specific programming. So we're here also promoting our MC Olympics. So any young MCs, uh, we've had like a competition with young MCs all month. And we're also promoting our curiosity programming for Pride Month, uh, which is just a uh, kind of a spoken word, but um, also just an intergenerational um, art event. Excellent. So you mentioned the brick and mortar. Where actually would be a location for the open mic events that you mentioned or yeah, what so location? Our open mics, they're starting up again in, in August. Okay. Um, but they're uh, second Fridays at Soul Space in downtown Oakland. Soul Space yeah. in downtown Oakland. Yeah. Okay. And then final Fridays at Galleria de la Raza in San Francisco. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Can I ask you, what is your mission? Yeah. Our mission for... Not verbatim, but it's to it's to pretty much elevate and um, give power and voice to well give power to youth voices and make sure that they're celebrated. Yeah. And what kind of transformations have you seen since you're doing this work? 
Yeah, the transformations that we see from folks that maybe have never written before or maybe didn't know how to express themselves is mostly being able to tell their story. So it's not necessarily of how to be a better writer, but it's more so of being able to feel more confident uh, telling their story in terms of like being able to talk to maybe their parents or maybe to talk to their teachers or maybe getting getting a job or being able to say, hey, I have this opinion about this thing and now I have the words to put this. Um, so it's more so of just making sure that youth voices are at the center and also making sure they have different entry points on how to explore them. Do you have a favorite story that you would like to share? A favorite story? Yes. Um, in terms of like a poem? Or a poem, <laughs> a, an experience, a transformation, and you know, some kind of impact that you, uh, the organization, have um, helped yeah. come up. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that... Um, I've specifically uh, worked with youth that may have come into our organization when they're like 13 or 14 and maybe have never written before and have we've, we've you know worked with them long enough to where they're like, okay, now I want to be a youth leader and they joined our spokes, our organization, our youth advisory committee for Youth Speaks and they become a youth leader and then they're like, oh, actually, I want to become a teaching artist. <laughs> and so they've gone from someone who's never written a poem before to actually leading a classroom. Um, and being one of those teaching artists for young people. And so that, that cycle of, of saying, hey, I actually never heard of this, to be like, actually, this is who I represent, or this is my community. And it actually doesn't have to be that transformation. There's a lot of people who have actually seen today that have said, oh, I used to be involved in Youth Speaks as a youth leader for Youth Speaks, and now I work at this school, or now I work at this organization, and, I, and that's helped me so much get to this point. And so I think that that's kind of the transformations that I've seen even with folks that I don't even know because I've only been affiliated with these speaks for the last like three years but people who have 19 years ago were part of our spokes committee or 19 years ago heard of our curiosity program that's okay. great that's great to hear and that whole succession planning you just mentioned I think that's really good to hear how it kind of moves yeah and the needle moves from one generation to the next or from years and all the way in the growth and the progression of the students that's fantastic yeah yeah and the. Uh, The You Speaks tagline is actually the next generation can speak for itself. I love that. I love that. I love that. Wow. So uh, how's the experience been today uh, with the event? Were you on earlier? We were not on stage earlier. We've mostly just been um, kind of tabling and telling people about our events and, and also just talking to different folks that are involved in the jazz festival. It's been a windy day, but it's been a, it's been a beautiful day here. Um, and so we're just we're just glad to be here and be in community with folks. Excellent, excellent. So if people want to get involved with Youth Speaks or they, they're thinking of someone who might be interested in the courses, how do they contact you? Yeah, so you could go to www.youthspeaks.org. That's the best way to find our information. It has all of our programming there. Again, we specifically work with ages 13 through 19. So if there are any youth in the Bay Area with little experience, you don't have to have any experience with, with poetry or any experience with hip-hop. Um, you are more than welcome to come to our programming. So our website's the best bet, but we're also on Facebook. We're also on Instagram. We're also on Twitter. So all of that information can be found on social media as well. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. I think yeah. this has been fantastic, and it's good to learn about Youth Speaks. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate that. Yeah. Welcome back. This is Full Circle here on Pacifica Radio, KPFA, and that was the voice of Janae Johnson of Youth Speaks. Youth Speaks tagline, the next generation can speak for itself. Great, great, great statement. Janae was speaking with Laura Achegarai and myself at the 18th annual Malcolm X Jazz Arts Festival held each year in Oakland San Antonio Park.
And it looks like we have time for just one more interview. But before we get back to it, we want to remind you all that we spoke with many organizations while we were out there. And we want to let you know that some interviews that did not make the air will be posted on our website, kpfaapprentice.org. We will also be posting some of the pictures we took as well. Again, check out kpfaapprentice.org after the show. Usually about an hour after the show, we have everything posted as a part of our ever-growing community service for you, the listener. Now, next, this is what engaged community radio can bring about. I had a chance to meet this young man for the very first time as I interviewed him. He is a graduate of Hampton University. The real H.U.? Well, that's another tale for another time, maybe. But what I have come to know about this gentleman is that he has a passion channeling Malcolm to engage the youth where they are and provide generational support, which is how a village does, in fact, raise a child. My interview with Mr. Mark Anthony Robinson. Hey, brother, how you doing today? How we doing today? All right, doing fine, man. This is Stevie G with KPFA Radio, and I have Mr. Mark Anthony. Mr. Mark Anthony yes, with sir. us here. Excellent, man. So what brings you down here, brother? How did, how'd you, oh, get, man. How did you get involved? Man, what made uh, today the day? Uh, the, the day today, my, our ancestors made today the day, honestly, to be honest with you. Uh, that's that's what brought that. me here. It was that. a natural gravitation. This is actually my third year coming. Unless I'm out of town, there won't be a time that I miss it. This is actually my first time working the event. I mean, the frequency here, man, the, the, the people, the, the, the color, the culture, um, the youth. Um, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's just a beautiful space, man. Honestly, this reminds me, <laughs> reminds me like I, like I remember being there, but I would say it reminds me of heaven. Mm-hmm. If, if I feel like what heaven would look like and feel like and be like, this is it. Um, from the food, um, from the vendors, um, to the clothes, the accessories, to, right. to the music, from the jazz to the hip hop. I mean, it's all here. Ohio players, Ohio players. <laughs> Heaven must be like this. Heaven must be like this. Ohio players. I remember that. So what type of events or what type of work do you do or what type of things interest you and what kind of how does that tie into what's happening here and the energy you're seeing and feeling today? In the capacity I work with, I work with youth, specifically young men of color, boys. How is that tying here? I mean, this 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 is all youth right here. This is a safe space for our youth to run freely. And not have to worry about the attack of the resistance of of the world, um, politics, um, traumas. This is an, a, a, an extremely safe space. Um, so that's how that ties into that. Another nonprofit I work with, On Track Consulting. On Track Consulting. Correct. And okay. With, uh, it's a program that I work specifically under. It's called Project Lead, the grant is through San Francisco Foundation. And what we're dealing with is gentrification. Uh, and so sustaining housing for our people, communities of color, um, sharing literature um, as far as on policies and uh, laws that uh, common folk can read and understand. And also dealing with workforce development so these people can actually have training and financial opportunities to maintain where they live and stay. So Excellent, excellent. So talk to me a little bit about the housing. Is there a sort of a age range focus that you have? Well, essentially the, the grant and the purpose of it is to share information so policies can change. So it would be 18 and up. 18 and up, okay. But I work with the youth from talking and up. <laughs> so, excellent. Uh, or maybe even walking and up. I hear that. And... So with that being said, it's like the economic piece and, and, and building, like, and that's why I love this vendors here and this entrepreneurship here, like building economic sustainability for ourselves and learning how to create 
and then uh, monetize that. And so that's what I, I, I'm, what I focus on with the youth. Um, but even before that, I focus on trauma and dealing with the trauma from passed down historically mm-hmm. through our gene genes and, and just through everyday living in America. So that's really where my focus is, the trauma. That's my skill set. But there's opportunities that allow me to also deal with the housing piece. So I'm learning actually a lot in this field that isn't the normal field that I, I'm usually in. But because of the, the climate right now, it's extremely important to be, <laughs> to understand what the hell is going on. But yeah, man, it's a... Uh, that's a lot going on, man. So just to be in this space right here, to unplug from everything else, man, and just be present. This is the, what, the, why I come here and the beauty of this. Um, so tell me a little bit about this uh, exercise and work that you do along the, the, the path of trauma. Definitely. Uh, so I'm working. I'm, I'm, I work for another nonprofit called Urban Ed Academy. Urban Ed Academy. Academy correct. It's uh, right there in Bayview and Hunters Point. Okay. So it's a STEM program on the Saturday schools, but we now have partnerships with Willie Brown Middle School, Malcolm X. And so we actually go into the schools. We partner with the schools, and we're that additional help for the students. And so as far as the trauma piece, like, you know, we have these teachers, these principals, these superintendents, and they deal with curriculums, and they deal with numbers, truancy, and, and they get paid essentially off students being in class. Um, however, the issue why the students aren't being in class is because there's a disconnect between the teachers and the students. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is we have reactions and responses, uh, but usually reactions from students. And usually the teachers don't like these reactions. And you know what I mean? And their response to them is either to kick them out or discipline them. But really they don't understand that these these actions and responses from these students Come, they're coming from completely somewhere else. So you think there's a cultural disconnect that's happening. Um, you know, there's something that's happening out of OUSD, the Oakland Unified School District, with the uh, African-American Male Achievement Indeed. and the diversity that happens there. Uh, Mr. Chris Chapman is the executive director uh, of diversity there now, uh, but founded the African-American Male Achievement, and then they've now started to build out and bridge out now to get other cultures and communities involved. It, are you connected with them in definitely, some way? Definitely. One of my brother's bunk is... Uh, is at West Oakland Middle School. Shout Excellent. out to him. And actually, the African American Male Achievement is also in San Francisco yes. through a program called Ali. Okay. And so it's this essentially the same thing. That's imperative, man. Definitely. That's imperative. And so I'm definitely in, involved at in, in Hunter's Point at uh, Willie Brown Middle School, also with that program, and, and, and highly in those classrooms with those students. Okay. And so is there a way uh, of sort of what you're talking about in terms of the disconnect in which you're able to um, intervene at a point where maybe a teacher or a principal or an administrator within the school system, within that system, when they start to move on some of our children because they just might not understand where they're coming from at that point in time? Is part of what your program does allow for you to have that window? Definitely. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so me, I'm, I'm pretty young in the game, I would say. I've been doing this work since 18. I'm 28. So about 10 years really doing this work, uh, I guess, from a professional aspect. Um, but where I get to go into the window is really being able to build a rapport. Um, I don't have a curriculum that I have to necessarily follow. So I'm here to build a rapport, build a relationship, uh, meet the parents, um, really be a li- liaison between not only the school and the student, but also the parent and the student and the parent and the school, because it's a, it's really a triangle effect that's a disconnect between all of them. And uh, 
I get to have that window because I'm, I have time to build rapport in which the school doesn't make uh, or put time into their curriculum to build rapport and relationships. Okay, so then do you also then have the opportunity, I'm not sure how it works in San Francisco, I know a little bit more about Oakland. Okay. Uh, with the, I'm guessing the school board, school board meetings, are you able to gain any traction in that pathway to try to establish at a different level so you can maybe scale out your program and scale out what's happening? So essentially, we're in the school because of uh, the executive director, Randy um, Saraguchi, who has a connection with the superintendent. Okay. San Francisco on the course of school board. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason we're in there. So there, right now, this is the first time us actually, we just got into the school in January. Actually, February. Oh, so just this year, 2018. Just this year. So you got to imagine, that's the second semester on top right. of that. Um, after the second semester has already started. So that's a complete transition change than actually being there from the beginning. But the impact that we've had is is obvious. And so Excellent. through this um, first time walk, we're understanding, okay, what's are the do's, what are the don'ts, how can the school support us, what are some of the needs, what are some of the some extra things and attributes that we can add, and it's really more of a filling it out. But essentially the rapport in the building with the children, that's a natural thing, you know what I mean? And so that's what we come in and that we bring, and from there now we can actually um, – advocate and and, and really uh, inspire the youth to really take it to the next level. You know, I have, I have students that, yeah, we can talk about class, we can talk about schoolwork and all that, but look, I just need you to go to class. Right. This brother's not even going to class, and you know, and so even the synergy at these schools is, is all broken. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm also, I just got a part of the Akili um, Fellowship, which is happening in the summer, and which deals with dealing with trauma of these teachers and people that are working in these nonprofit spaces with you. Okay, so step back with me. Okay, what is, I apologize. What, no, 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 that's <laughs> fine. What is the Achille Fellowship? Is that what you said? The, the, the Achille Fellowship. Yeah. Okay. What is that now? Okay, so essentially what they're doing is uh, radical healing and dealing with the trauma of the teachers or professors that are dealing with the youth. And then from there, giving them the skill sets to also deal with the youth and their traumas. Because what's happening in these schools, you have these teachers with issues, right? right. And now when something happens, it's triggered them. Triggered some emotion that they've probably had since they were a youth that they haven't dealt with. And now they're projecting their own thoughts and feelings to the student. And then that cycle continues. Understood. Understood. And so because they are an authoritarian figure, no one's really checking them or no one's really seeing what's really going on. And that's the issue. If we don't deal with our personal traumas first and be, are aware of those, then we're not going to be aware of the traumas that the students have and be able to really identify those and help them where they truly need it. Right. Excellent. Okay, so what happens if I'm uh, uh, just recently released? Uh, how would I find you? Uh, what, what's the website? What's the phone number? Definitely. What is, or where is the location, the physical location? Where do we find okay. a way to contact you? Okay, so um, the website is ontrackconsulting.org, O-N-T-R-A-C-K. Um, consulting.org. Um, the phone number, I have the phone number here also. Please, please, <laughs> please. Uh, 916-285-1810. Once again, 916-285-1810. Also, um, another um, organization that we're partnering with is East Oakland Collective. Yes. Yes. Um, yes, they are doing a lot of amazing Amazing work in deep East Oakland. The resources out here. Um, so East Oakland Collective would be one of them. Um, 
in San Francisco, YCDYoungCommunityDevelopers.org. They do the workforce development in the Bayview. And that's another uh, program and organization to definitely be in contact with if you're looking to um, revitalize, let's use that, your your life um, as far as getting back into the population of people. Excellent. Yes, sir. Well, Mark Anthony, I don't want to hold you up from uh, continuing this great work that we're hearing about today on KPFA. Um, we want to thank you very much for spending some time with us. And enjoy yourself, man. Appreciate you, it. Appreciate it you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Welcome back to Full Circle. This is Pacifica Radio 94.1 FM here in Huchin, occupied Ohlone Territory, also known as Berkeley. Tonight, we have been sharing some interviews we collected at the 18th Annual Malcolm X Jazz and Art Festival held in Oakland, San Antonio Park. And let's think about Mark Mark Anthony Robinson's statement. uh, Develop a rapport and relationships by meeting the parents, students, and teachers. We just heard about the activities and organizations Mr. Mark Anthony Robinson has been involved with as he continues his own evolution and engagement to build a healthier community and world. Be sure to check our website later after the show where we will post some other interviews that we gathered and some pictures we took. The website is kpfaapprentice.org. Everything should be up about an hour after the show is complete. Also, we are spreading out to the rest of social media. You can like us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at First Voice Media. There you can stay on top of what we are doing and planning as First Voice Media. Let's get back to the Malcolm X Jazz Festival as we near the end of our show. One of the beautiful things about the Malcolm X Festival each and every year is how we get to celebrate our youth. Join me in welcoming to the stage Tyree Amir and his quartet.
Welcome back to Full Circle here on the one and only KPFA 94.1 FM. We were just listening to Mr. Tyree Amir with the Tyree Amir Quartet expressing themselves and allowing us to join in the musical experience. Another thank you to the Eastside Arts Alliance for hosting the annual Malcolm X Jazz Festival here in San Antonio Park in Oakland, California for 2000, for, excuse me, for 2018. And that brings us to the end of our show, folks. So tune in next week for a show featuring aging with Barbara Aaron Wright. This show is made possible for you by our executive producer, Miss M, our technical director, Free Will and Franklin Sterling. Joy Moore is our production consultant. I've been blessed to be your host this evening, Stevie G. Thanks to Ari Moshirian for board operations and to our tech assistant, Sharon Peterson. Both Sharon and Ari and myself are a part of Group 43 Dry Long Soul Rising at your service. And thank you for joining us tonight on Full Circle. Stay tuned for La Onda Baita is next.